You know what Joe Biden looks like? He looks like that substitute teacher we'd all have in elementary and high school who would always fall for it whenever the two kids switch names. You remember that? You'd have some old guy come in. He's a random guy. You've never seen him before. He retired 30 years ago. And he just he comes in just randomly. And he's always dressed in a button-down tee. He looks exactly like Joe Biden. Looks and sounds. He has the same cadence as a substitute teacher in ninth grade. He's not even teaching a subject. It's a history class, but he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so the Mongolians and Attila the Hun uh, mud-wrestled Genghis Khan, and it was, it was wild. They had shirtless women. And he just sits there. He just sits there with his arms crossed and just watches kids hork loogies at each other from across the room. But Biden, like, I've, I've seen him in his regular attire when he's driving in a, in a convertible down the highway. You know that video with him and the sunglasses on? And he reminds me ex exactly of a substitute teacher I had in, uh, in middle school, high school. Button-down t-shirt, khaki pants, socks and sandals for some reason. Not like, like slip-on sandals, not the kind with the Velcro, just slip-on sandals. That would be a whole different deal if he had the Velcro sandals with no socks. Yeah, but he just, he kind of he looks like a lounge lizard. Just some guy, you know, he got the call like, hey, yeah, we need someone to come in last minute. Miss Abernathy's got the measles. Can you be in? Uh, can you be on the first flight from Miami Beach? Oh yeah, I'll be there. I haven't uh, gotten a Biden impression down, so I'm not. I'm not really going to attempt it for this pod. But yeah, just Joe Biden has the supply substitute teacher aura down pack. And that guy would always have a binder too. He'd walk in with it, but he wouldn't read it. He wouldn't do anything. He'd just sit there with his arms crossed. He'd just stay in a Zen position, sitting at the desk, and just watch kids as one of them set fire to the bookshelf. He just he'd he'd slide the binder to the end of the table, just wouldn't open it, wouldn't read anything, wouldn't withdraw anything from it. He'd just leave it there for you. I'm still convinced to this day that that binder holds the secrets to life. Everything about love, everything about sex, everything about raising a family. All kinds of stuff. I know how to French kiss. I have notes on it in here. Page 8. Again. I'm going to cool it with the Biden. My, my Biden attempt. Inauguration day was Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. And uh, again, I'm kind of in this position when I do these weekend recaps because I don't have time to just, you know, do a whole thing. And, and nor should I be doing it during the week. If, you know, if I'm going to do a, a recap, I got to do it Saturday, Sunday. But everybody's just kind of gone over everything at this point. So. It's always weird coming up with an interesting take on something that everybody is talking about because you feel like you have to review what everybody else is saying. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go over what Fallon is doing. I don't want to look at Jimmy Kimmel. Not that I'm comparing myself to the 
caliber of the great Jimmy Fallon. Getting up there and, you know, he's doing... And, you know, J Jimmy Fallon used to be a very... Here's the thing. I'm not going to knock him because he is talented in his own right. Before he took over The Tonight Show, he had his own talk show, and he was doing great impressions. He did Charlie Sheen. He did Bruce Springsteen really well. He is an excellent Jerry Seinfeld. He, he, he has skills with impressions and characters. A little too committed to the Chris Rock, though. Okay, I will say that. A little, it went a little overboard. But he just looks miserable now. He just looks like, okay, I know I signed a contract, but, like, who do I have to blow to get out of this? Every time he has to sit down with Millie Bobby Brown and ask the same fucking questions over and over again, so, uh, yeah, Stranger Things, yeah, you get to lift things with your mind. Yeah, oh, my God, that's so cool. You're so talented. God, you, uh, it, it's so good to be just sitting here talking to a young lady that's going to be leading the future generations. Uh, can you set something on fire with your brain? That'd be really cool. Uh, preferably me. Yeah, he just looks miserable, and it's a shame. Same thing with Kimmel. Like, all those guys kind of, they're in a position where it would be best if they just found something else. They don't necessarily need to retire, but just find find a different thing because it's all going to podcasts. Podcasts are so much more natural. It's two people having a conversation three, four at times about anything. You know, you're not restricted. There's no real censorship. You can just kind of talk about whatever you want. You can talk about politics. You can talk about world affairs. If you want to just have a whole podcast about blowjobs, you can do that. The internet is a wild and wacky place. And it's uh, fit for everything. Not really everything. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're an intellectual dark web kind of guy, or a dark web guy in general, I mean, you're going you're gonna to hit some roadblocks. But it's difficult, like, back to just my whole thing of coming up with takes. It's, I mean, the inauguration was fun. As a Canadian, it's weird watching that because you don't know, like, where to step in. I kinda, I'm kind of like, fuck it. I don't care. I'll, I'll comment on everything. I blend in with the common folk, so to speak. I'm in a one-bedroom apartment. I sleep six feet away from a stove. I mean, I'm in there. I'm relatable, guys. I mean, it just it, it, inaugurations. Like they should have just done it on Zoom. They should have just had a nice Zoom inauguration. Nobody had to be out there in the fucking cold. Nobody's that committed to making the world a better place where they have to just all sit in sub-zero temperatures, watching a guy put his hand on the Bible and saying, "Yeah, okay, I promise to, uh, you know, not tear the place to the ground." Now, uh, Madam Vice President, would you step up and say pretty much the same thing? Yeah, I promise. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, okay. Where's my office? Do I get a Coke machine? That's a weird thing about that, uh, that Diet Coke button that Trump... He actually had one, apparently, on his desk. And that was, uh, I think uh, I was reading... 
I'm not a big Family Guy person anymore. I kind of stopped watching that, you know, when I was 13. But uh, that, that was a joke. It was some something similar to, you know, when the when the Simpsons foreshadow different things, different uh, things that turn out to be actual like world events. But uh, Family Guy got one. Apparently, Trump actually did have a uh, Diet Coke button. He just got to press the button, and then a Diet Coke just popped, popped in. To popped in. There was like a butler or somebody who would uh, who would come in. I I wonder if he's a can or a bottle guy. I I picture him being a bottle guy because he doesn't drink. He was a teetotaler. I wonder if that's how he compensates by just walking around with just just a gallon bottle of. Or leader, whatever. Of the old, uh, of the old diet coke. I mean, that guy does look like he's on an aspartame high, whatever that is. He just looks like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> your body has definitely been polluted with a lot of uh, diet coke chemicals. Yeah. It's going to be a weird thing, man. Just watching this transition in the news. Everybody's just going to be going for the craziest thing. They're just going to be digging up so much just to try and recapture the magic of the last four years and everything that transpired on in the, like, you know. Trump's this, Trump's that, Trump's every, like, it's, you're not going to be able to compete. There's people who are going to go out of business. There's people probably writing suicide notes right now going, I don't think that I can hack it for another four. It's just not going to be the same. I mean, if you're a committed journalist, you're going to make the best of it. You're actually, you know, hopefully now going to do your fucking job. Maybe write an interesting piece. You know, bipartisan. There's journalists that do uh, really good work, but... Sorry, I know I'm moving a pillow around. I'm trying to get comfortable. I'm on my sofa. There's people who do really good stuff. So I'm, I'm not going to discredit all journalists and say that, but there's a lot of them and I've met them. I remember when I was doing uh, hip-hop music. When I was doing the old hippity hop, I was I did a show at the old rock pile in Etobicoke, which I don't know if it's closing down or if it's not closing down. There's a buddy of mine who runs the place. He used to, he used to run the shows and schedule them. And that's how I met him when we became friends. And he got me the show. I was opening for a gal by the name of Kitty Pride. I don't know what the fuck happened to her, but she, I don't know, she was probably cannibalized by record company people. Nothing really happened to her, but she was the, the sensation online for a while, and I ended up opening for her. That was one of my gigs. I was happy to take it. I got paid. But I remember I was on stage, and the acts before me, there were two guys, I forget their names, but they kept talking about, they, they, they kept yelling out something about skull fucking. And, you know, to just keep the momentum going because there's nothing like skull fucking or mentioning skull fucking to get a crowd crazy, right? To get a crowd going crunk. So people are going wild and then I get up there and I say, hey, yeah, these guys just uh, talk about skull fucking. Get, make some noise once more for skull fucking. And everyone went, yeah. So I, I went on for about 20, uh, 20 minutes. There was a beach ball in the crowd. You know, you got to keep that hip-hop atmosphere going. Yeah, you know. 
Remember glam rock, that wonderful hip-hop era? Remember all those wonderful hair metal bands that would just be playing and, you know, just beach balling, walking around, and Ice-T would come up and do a collab with them? Yeah, that's that was my that was my Vietnam. But I did this show, and there was a journalist from Vice there. And uh, thankfully, he didn't end up mentioning my name because something happened during my set later on, uh, after the beach ball, after the skull fucking, th- whatever. And I think that this girl started heckling me, and I started cussing her out because she was really, at one point, getting in the middle of my set. And I think I called her up on stage. I forget exactly what happened. Or she climbed up, climbed up on stage and kind of snuck up beside me and tried grabbing the mic out of my hands, and I pulled it away from her, right? Because, like, again, like, I'm, I'm, I'm being defensive. I'm, you know, I'm trying to perform here. And I think the security, like, eventually kind of, like, I guess escorted her off, so to speak just kind of walked her off the stage. If it was a guy, they would have literally tossed him into the crowd and just watched as everybody stomped him. (laughs) But this girl, they just kind of let her off gently. And apparently the guy wrote up something like, I threatened this, this girl and a bunch of people in the crowd, which was not the case at all. But that was my first taste of a journalist being dishonest. And I was very naive up until that point. I thought journalists were just whoever. I, I really wasn't privy to just how scummy they can be. But I was angry, but there was nothing nothing, uh, nothing like that happened. And a friend of mine came up and he's like, yeah, this guy pretty much slandered you. He didn't mention my name. Again, he did not, which I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't mention it because he wanted to just, I, I don't know what the fuck happened. But uh, <laughs> yeah. The guys that went up before me, the guys who were talking about skull fucking, they they notified me. They're like, "Yeah, I think this guy's talking about you saying something to this girl." I went, "No, that's uh, that can't be. Maybe he wasn't talking about me. Maybe he was talking again. Maybe there was just confusion. Maybe he's talking about another guy, and I was out having a cigarette." Anyways, uh, that girl was was a drag. I will say that. But yeah, no, uh, that was my, I never talked to that guy in person. I always had this fantasy that, hey, if I ever see him again, I'm going to come, I'm going to walk up to him and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Hey, uh, would you mind next time, you know, I'm performing just not to write me up? I actually thought I'd be bold saying that to him. Like, just do me a favor. I, like, I'd actually be intimidating. Like, next time I'm performing, don't write anything about me. Like, that's going to hurt his feelings. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, you were, you were the next big thing. You can't do this to me. You can't deprive me of opportunity. Come on, this is my life, man. This is my life. I hang out at the back of Roadhouse Bars. Waiting for white kids in hoodies to get up and start rapping about their cocks. I need this. Anyways, the rock pile was a wild place. <laughs> what was I talking about? The inauguration? Old Biden and old Kamala. Kamala, I got it right. I said it correctly. What's the penalty if you say it incorrectly? Five years, something like that? State pen? That's, that's, that's Kamala's thing. If you pronounce her name incorrectly, 
In you go with all the drug dealers she locked up in the 90s, 2000s. Or whenever she did. I don't know. Is that true? I'm only taking my cues from other shit. <laughs> shit I hear from other people. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Bernie's never going to be sitting down in public again. I think you guys scared him out of that. With all your memes. Not going to lie, I did see quite a few really creative ones, but it got a little fun. Like, is this... Are we this fucking bored now? That an old man sitting down with mittens on in freezing cold Arctic-type weather is becoming the subject of a meme. He's almost 80. That's kind of what they do. I could see if it was a young, spry gentleman. I could see if it was Ted Cruz. Have a field day. But Bernie, and again, like I'm not the biggest Bernie fan. But I, I, I at least have the respect to just let him sit down. He's got his envelope there, probably pictures of the Kennedy assassination. Probably the answers. Who was behind it? Was it Castro? Was it the mafia? Was it a collaboration between the two? Or was it actually Kevin Costner? I don't know. I, I somewhere I, I I'm pretty sure the substitute teacher's binder and Bernie Sanders envelope have similar contents. Just secrets that no one will ever know. Apparently there was top secret information in there, but at, le at least, you know, carry it. Put it in your jacket, man. That thing was big enough to carry about maybe, I don't know, 50 envelopes. I wonder if he had snacks in there too and he just didn't pull them out because he's like, oh shit, people are already filming me. I don't know, he, he might have a bag of Funyuns in there, maybe some Doritos. I don't think Bernie's a chips and salsa guy. But too many memes. The funniest meme that I saw, uh, outside of a UFC one where he's literally like choke choking a guy, he's got like the leg lock, whatever you call it. I, I obviously didn't fight. I've never fought. Uh... But whatever, he's, he's on the ground choking a guy, locking him in with his legs, and it was just too funny. His legs are crossed, and he's locking a guy in, and uh, that was hilarious. Uh, and then there was another one of the, the famous, iconic World War II photograph of Roosevelt, Churchill, and Stalin all sitting together as they're seeing their troops off uh, before they cross the English Channel uh, for Normandy, for D-Day. A couple days before D-Day, I believe, was the context of that picture. And Bernie's just sitting to the side watching them, too. I feel like that's kind of Bernie. That, that would be Bernie's dream. That was probably He was probably happiest to see that meme. Just him seeing his guys off to go fucking kill the Nazis. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah, never sitting down in public again. Probably not. Uh, he's he's going to be standing at every public event from here on out for the rest of his life. Uh, his calf muscles will be on fleek, though, so that's a plus.
you know, you, you need strong legs to, to withstand the political turmoil of the USA at this point. It is a fundamental right for everyone in America to have the sexiest legs imaginable. If you vote for me, Bernie Sanders, I will see to it that all Americans have equal opportunity to have their legs looking like tree trunks. And I'm talking, of course, about the trees that have not been torn down by deforestation. I will lead by example and have the damn sexiest legs you ever did see this side of the Mississippi. My legs will be so big, my calf muscles will be so big, they will look like implants. In fact, they probably will be implants because I am almost 80 years old and I can no longer grow muscle at my age. Does anybody have a contact for steroids? A fundamental right. The founding fathers of America did not start this country so we could have weak, skinny chicken legs. You leave the weak legs for the Canadians and the French. It's a pretty aggressive Bernie. I think he'd want all Americans, all people around the world to have equally strong... I, I, I'm pretty sure that's his narrative, right? Vote for me. That was a hard enough day for Bernie as, you know, just from the jump. He was probably going in there dreading. Like, I, I got to watch another guy take the job that I wanted. This is twice now. And all of a sudden, he's just a sensation online. And those mittens weren't even that cool. They were just, they were just striped. Apparently, it was a girl in, uh, like, a lady in Vermont. Who, who made the mittens. Something like that. I, I, I watched him talking on Seth Meyers. That's another guy who I kind of like, I do find funny, but it's, you know, he's just dressed in regular attire, sitting at his desk doing the late show. He's not even in a suit. He's just, everybody's kind of, Stephen Colbert's the same thing. But anyway, fucking, God, I stray off. Yeah, Bernie was on Seth Meyers, and he was talking about his mitts, and it was a lady in Vermont who made them custom, and now everybody wants them, but they're not, they're just old guy mitts. They look like fucking, they're, they're the same color as, as old people cookies, the kinds that they eat at the table. They've got some weird custard or cream inside of them. That's what those mitts look like. They look like custard pastries. That old women make. Something my grandmother would have made in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be wild to see how things unfold. You just kind of got to wait. What else is going on? What else happened this... Oh, so it was the Diet Coke thing. Post Malone... That was big. Uh, I, I read in the news the other day, Post Malone was donating Crocs to frontline workers. And I, I wrote a funny joke, or at least something I thought was funny, on Twitter. 
I said, you know, Post Malone is donating Crocs to frontline workers. Usually it's the doctors giving him the free rubbers. And <laughs> Hey. Little, little zinger for you boys. For your boys and your girls. And your girls. I don't know. It was cheesy. It was just something that I came up with. I, I did put some... You know what? I'm going to give myself some credit. I did put some thought into it, and I don't think it's a bad joke. If you don't like it, fuck yourself. That's my stance. Print that. I don't know. Uh, Post Malone with the Croc. Apparently, though, that's his signature brand. He's got a signature brand of Crocs, which, you know... You got to give your fans some shoes somehow, you know. Maybe now they'll be allowed service. I like Post Malone. He's got a lot of cool. Uh, he's got a lot of cool music. I'm not, I'm not going to knock him too much. I mean, like his style's kind of all over the place. But I guess that's what makes him appealing to people. I know it's been controversial in the past because he's got the dreads and the face tats, and I got a buddy with face tats, and you know he's a great guy. <laughs> Everybody, there's always so much prejudice against particularly white dudes with, with face tats. Everybody just thinks they're, I don't know, they, they're in the Hells Angels or they're racist or something. My buddy is the furthest thing from racist. He is anti-racist, okay? He was leading all of the marches this summer, every one of them. He was flying to D.C., then to Vancouver. He went over to Paris and led one there, all in the same day, all right? Busy schedule. And he still had time at night to fly back home and get his asshole bleached. Interesting character. Not going to say his name. But if he listens to this, he'll know I'm talking about. No, I like Post Malone. I like uh, that first album was great. He's got some really heartfelt music. A guy like that to think that you see a guy like that and you think that all he'd be talking about was methamphetamine and propane tanks. And chopping up motorcycles, but no, he's got some songs about breakups, depression, paranoia. He's multidimensional, and I like that in an artist. The Crocs thing turns me off a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Other, uh, I, what other music news is there? I, I wanted to say, oh, Drake postponed his album again. I don't know what to say about Drake. He's kind of gone away. Like He's certainly not as popular as he was even five years ago, four years ago maybe. But the longevity that he's had, he's still, he's still out there. He's still being talked about. I guess it's because he's diversified a little bit. He's got his, the OVO thing. He's got his clothing. Out the gate, he pretty much diversified. That was what was so cool about him. He had the OVO Fest here in Toronto. I went, I went the first time. I went the, for the first OVO Fest, me and my friend Farhan, we were on the lawn seats. I remember we fought that entire morning because we didn't think that we were going. And I remember hanging up on him. But then I called him back and I apologized because I was being I was being unreasonable. I was being a bit of a douche. And we went and uh, we ended up getting on the lawn. And uh, we were supposed to go with a third friend, Jason, who dropped out. That was how the fight started. And we were really pissed. And it turns out uh, we found out three years later our friend Jason admitted, oh, yeah, I was there. I just had better seats. I just... Had an opportunity to get better seats, so I had to drop out. And uh, I was praying that whole night that you guys wouldn't see me, and it all worked out. We were, we were angry at him. 
We threw him out of the car. He had to tuck and roll. But I remember that OVO Fest. And Eminem was there. Eminem came out just like out of the mist. He was just the silhouette. And it, it, he was, the song Forever by Drake was playing. And we thought Drake was just going to do a verse. And then that was it. But then you'd hear right after the first chorus, you hear, and after that on the song, every time you heard that horn blare, there was a, 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 new, a new rapper would do a verse. And nobody knew who it was, but the, their, their last guess would have been Eminem. Nobody even considered the fact that Eminem would actually come back to Toronto. There was that whole stupid fucking controversy years back where some lady almost wanted to, some lady wanted to arrest him because he thought that he was literally inciting violence on stage, which was just horseshit. He ended up doing the concert, but he, you know, if, if that was me, I wouldn't come back to Toronto. I wouldn't, I wouldn't re-enter the country. But he came, and he 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 was the one who ended up doing that guest spot uh, on Forever for the first OVO Fest, and the crowd went. I've never seen a crowd go crazier. Everybody at what I've never seen twenty thousand people all simultaneously throw their hands up faster. And I remember me and Far. I'm I'm eighteen, turning nineteen, and me and my friend Far. We are just going nuts. Eminem can't. And I did see Eminem once before when I was fourteen. About uh. Five years prior to that, in Camden, New Jersey, but that's a story for another time. Maybe the next episode. But I, I, I remember I was almost in tears. I had to hold it back because I am a proud alpha male. But uh, I remember just being in shock the rest of that night, that whole train ride home. And then Jay-Z came out after Eminem. So it was a double whammy. You didn't even know where to begin. You didn't even know how to be excited for something like that. And those are those stories that just stay with you for the rest of your life. Like, I still see my buddy Farhan. He's married now. He's probably going to have a family at some point within the next few years. But, you know, we, we still talk about that time. And uh, that's, that's just a memory me and him share. We then made love later that night. And uh, I don't know if he's told his wife or not. That does seem like kind of something you'd want to disclose. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that's just, it was one of those things, seeing him on stage, we, we still reminisce about that. It was just incredible. But like that was the thing. Drake just out the gate. He had the respect from those guys. They, they liked him enough and saw enough talent for, for them to hop on a plane and come to his city and perform at his very own show. So like I, I remember being in Toronto, and that's how I, I kind of do appreciate Drake. I'm not the biggest fan anymore, but I, 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 I was just around for his genesis, for the for the beginning years of his career. And I remember just hearing, even before we went to that concert, hearing his name in high school. The Degrassi guy in the wheelchair actually raps. Did you know that? No, I didn't. No, it's crazy. Let's hear some of his tunes. And he was actually fucking pretty good. And you hear about it, you know, half a year later. Yeah, you know, he signed with Lil Wayne. The Degrassi kid signed with Lil Wayne. How does Lil Wayne, does Lil Wayne watch Degrassi? That seems like an interesting television program that, for him to pick. I don't exactly know if he can relate to it. Canadian high school melodrama. 
But hey, you think you know a guy. Lil Wayne got pardoned by the by the Trumpster this week. That was uh, one of the final things he did. Imagine the final thing you do in in office is something Lil Wayne related. That's for the history books. I I can't imagine the long line of U.S. presidents, the long line of presidents. I, I, I would never associate Roosevelt or Nixon or LBJ or even Obama with Lil Wayne. But Trump got it done. So <laughs> there's nothing really more to be said. He he did it. He he exonerated Wheezy F Baby. He exonerated Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. Is he a junior? I also had a tweet, which I, I did think was very funny. I, I wrote, you know, it was it was about the Lil Wayne pardon. Donald Trump pardoned Lil Wayne. This is the second time Lil Wayne's escaped prison after cash money. I thought it was pretty good. For the hip-hop heads, they liked it. They knew what I was talking about, and I felt like my life had been fulfilled. When you can make a joke that is, is good enough to make a bunch of humorless rappers laugh and respect you, I'd say, I'd say you've achieved something. But I do want that Drake album. I do want that Drake album. Who knows when he's going to release it? He'll release it when he really. Apparently, there was some surgery that Drake couldn't do, uh, or, or Drake had to do, and he just uh, he couldn't get the album going. I don't know. Like, don't you just have it scheduled? Like, why don't you just fucking go to do your surgery and just have it be released in the meantime? It would add to your kind of lore. Like, you know, he released an album while he was getting brain surgery. It wasn't brain surgery. I think it was on his leg or something. He's that dedicated to music. He's that dedicated to his fans. He's like, hey, you know, I'm going under the knife, but here's some new songs about my birthday and my baby mama. Enjoy. I don't really think there's any more to talk about. But Inauguration Day, Joe Biden, we're going to have to see what happens. We're going to have to see how events unfold in the coming months. Something's off podcast, everybody. Follow on Instagram. Follow on Spotify. There it is.